Welcome to another episode of the A-List Podcast. I am Kwani A. Lunis with A. Sherrod Blakely, the main man. How you doing, Sherrod? What's up, Kwani? <laughs> I'm good. I'm doing well. I'm glad you're doing well. And I and we're going to be doing well in a little bit when we bring in our guest this week, uh, a young man by the name of, I'll bet you he's probably never been called a young man in about three yeah. years. Wow, so rude. Gary Washburn of the Boston Globe, and we're going to hit on a lot of different stuff. We'll talk, obviously, about the Celtics, and we'll talk a little bit about James Harden uh, and what he's going to be doing, will be doing, has done with those Brooklyn Nets. And keeping with the Brooklyn Nets, you just can't talk about them and not talk about Kwani's boy from Jersey, Jersey, Kyrie (laughs) Irving. And as always, this podcast is brought to you by betonline.ag. Make sure to check them out. Show them some love because they're the ones keeping this podcast alive. So we love them. Yeah. We love them. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and again, we are, um, I'm really excited about this, this podcast because I haven't talked to Gary in a long time. I haven't seen Gary in a long time. Yeah. Uh, damn COVID, pandemic, social distancing. Uh, so I'm, I'm, I'm curious to hear his thoughts on, on all those subjects that we, we've already mentioned. And just in general, I'm pretty sure there will be at some point some type of pop culture reference or two from Gary, because that's just what Gary was. Yep. Um, but, uh, it's a mini reunion for us. Celtics exactly. reunion. Because <laughs> we would all see each other at the Garden when we yeah. were at games and we didn't have the whole social distancing issue. And yeah. That. So uh, looking forward days. to what my guy Gary Washburn has to offer up. And that being said, here is Gary Washburn. What's up, fleet people? How y'all doing? Gary Washburn, you're out of your cave. Uh, it's been a minute. It's been a minute. We it's been a time. So yeah, I just been uh trying to get work done at home, and I was at the arena last week. So you know, I get out every now and then, but you know, not like I used to. Yeah, well, I can tell by the scruff around that 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 dirt around your cheeks, Gary. That's yeah. not that's not really what you do. Well, no, it's been almost a year now. You know, uh, I've had a beard, so yeah, we we ain't hung out in a minute. So yeah, this <laughs> Dang. ten months, ten months to be exact, actually. Yeah, right. yeah. Dang. Makes me. Makes me wonder how our good friend Jason Tatum is going to look, even though it's only going to be in a few days since he's gone into quarantine. But but Gary, I wanted to talk to you a little bit about Jason and just how the team has responded in his absence. Are you surprised at how they've been able to kind of, for the most part, continue on their winning ways without their, their best player? Yeah, I mean, he had a win over Orlando, who at times in that game just didn't look like they wanted to be there. Um, the Knicks game was a little different. The Knicks came to play. Uh, Tom Thibodeau has those guys ready every day, and even though they don't have the greatest talent, um, they just played harder than the Celtics. Uh, and they were, and once the Celtics, as, as they do, don't hit shots early and don't get that momentum, it affects their defense. And I just think that was a, a kind of a, a clunker that you probably, quite honestly, um, you take and you just put it away somewhere and you forget about it. But I think they're going to have to get used. This is COVID season, so not everybody's going to be healthy all the time. This is the way it is. And um, if you if you're if you're looking at the positive side of it, the good news is is that your best player now is over it. He can move on and move forward, and and you don't have to worry about that anymore. I'm not saying he can't catch it again, but I'm sure he'll take precautions and be uh, better for it and learn from the experience. Uh, the same with Robert Williams, who 
uh, practice today with the t- practice with the team, and he had it also. So, uh, but just think, I mean, it could be a lot worse. I mean, what's going on in Washington? Seven players have it. They haven't played in a week and a half. Uh, this is just COVID NBA. It's unfortunate, but this is kind of what we all expected when they were going to play outside the bubble. Mm-hmm. And you bring up a really good point. The team, the Celtics themselves, have already postponed a few games due to the health and safety protocol. So how do you foresee that affecting maybe even the rest of the season that we have? Yeah, they're going to make up these games. So game with Miami, um, they're going to go to Chicago. I mean, but I think they're pretty fortunate. It's only been three games and they can kind of pick up, you know, the league hasn't made the second half of the schedule yet. And I'm sure they're going to have to figure this out and figure out when the season will end. I think they'll probably extend the season uh, from probably what they wanted to another week to give all these teams time to play all these makeup games, especially teams like the Sixers and the Wizards, especially are going to have to play a whole bunch of games and, and we, you know, Oklahoma city. And there's teams that have just been bitten by this Miami. So, you know, I think everyone's dealing with it the best they can. Now the league turned around and put new rules in. Uh, these guys can't have guests in their hotel rooms. I don't know how that's going to work. You should have been on the podcast for that one. We were reacting in fairly real time. It was like hilarious. That. You can't go outside <laughs> the hotel and take a walk. Uh, you've got to stay. I don't know how they're going to regulate these dudes on the road. Now, right. I mean, some of these cities, I mean, I went to Detroit, you know, one of Sherrod's favorite places. It was a ghost town. Like, literally, there was no eat eat in restaurants, everything had to be to go. So you were basically confined to your hotel room because there was really nothing to do. Um, And that's kind of probably how a lot of these NBA cities are going to be, especially when they get to the West Coast and hit L.A. and uh, the Bay, San Francisco, where they're really, uh, you know, have real restrictions in terms of COVID. So I just think this season is going to be different. Um, I think the players understand like, hey, I can't do what I do, used to do um, until this thing is over. You So you hope that there's not too many more cases that come up. You know, when I think about what you're saying about the NBA and, and some of the precautions that they're taking, it gets me to thinking about something that Adam Silver has been talking a little bit about, uh, about PSAs and letting the people know that it's okay to get this vaccine. And hey, why not we just use NBA players who can use their platforms and, you know, make people feel more comfortable with getting the vaccine. Now, I like the NBA and what they're trying to do, but there's the shady side of me that's thinking this is a little shady. There's a side of me that thinks that there's a significant benefit in the NBA going forward in this direction, because if they're talking about you getting vaccinated, what better example to set than you yourself and your league getting vaccinated? And if that's the case, that means the NBA may have fewer cases of of, of COVID positive tests. That means you could potentially open the doors up a little sooner for maybe fans to be in attendance and their overall numbers are look, would look better, but they're doing this under the guise of, this is in the best interest of the public. Are you buying that, Gary? Are you buying that this is another altruistic, awesome, wonderful idea that the NBA is putting out there because they're such good, honest, hardworking, just 
bottom of the heart philanthropic individuals and groups. Are you buying this Gary Washburn? Uh, I partially buy it, yes. Gosh. Because one, um, I don't. I do think the NBA doesn't want to jump the line because it's, it's a bad look to jump the line on the vaccine. Now, if you try to convince people that NBA are public health workers or not public health workers, uh, service workers where they're providing service to the community and that, that in order to provide this entertainment, they need to be all vaccinated. You can make that argument, although that would be, to me, a quite an unpopular argument considering the people that don't have it because you want to get to the to the first line workers and you want to get to the police officers, the people working in hospitals, and you want to get to the older folks, the 60 and up people, and make sure they're okay. And then you can maybe think about athletes and people who do public, uh, you know, presentations and things like that. Um, but I also think, Sharad, what we're not understanding is that there's a lot of people who are scared to take this vaccine, mm -hmm. especially people of color, especially African-Americans, especially since uh, 60 or 70 years ago, and I was discussing this with Cedric Maxwell, the Tuskegee uh, the experiment, and that they injected young black men with syphilis mm -hmm. to see how they would react. Um, and they paid the money. And there's a movie about it uh, from the 90s. I think they went straight to HBO. So uh, I know, Kwani, that's before your time. But check it out. It's called Miss Evers Boys with Alfre Woodard, who played the nurse who was injecting them. And it was a tr an extremely sad story. And I think there's still people who feel like they don't trust the U.S. government with any type of injections and any type of. So I do think it does serve a purpose for players. And now you see the commercial with Kareem Abdul-Jabbar saying, hey, right. get vaccinated because there's going to be people that are like, no, I'm not putting nothing. You know, you're not killing me. And now is that the right philosophy to have? I don't think so, but I can understand it, especially the older you are, the more you distrust the government, the more you the more things you've seen um, of what the U.S. government has done and all these conspiracies. And you can turn on Netflix and watch all these specials about what the how the government set people up and Nixon. And, and there's the MLK FBI documentary out now. I mean, there's all types of stuff to get you all fired up about America. Right. So I do think it does serve a purpose. I'm not going to say the NBA is trying to hustle us, but I, do I think that they want to get in, fr in front of the line to get vaccinated because they want to continue the season? Of course. I think Major League Baseball is going to want to do the same thing. The NFL is almost done with its season. But I do think that it's important for some of these folks to come public and say, hey, it's okay to do this vaccination. Yeah, but I, again, the, the the skeptic in me is looking at how this benefits so many people in the NBA if they start doing more and more of these PSAs where athletes have actually been vaccinated. Which again, I the the point that you make about a raise about raising awareness, Gary, is a is a valid one. And it's legit, but I can't get past the fact that the NBA at the end of the day is about making money, and they've lost a ton because of COVID-19 restrictions, limitations, and the virus in general. Frankly, this is a means of potentially fast-tracking their way of getting some of that money back. And I, I can't ignore that, but I will rent the idea that they're doing this for the common good. But I can't ignore the fact that they're trying to get that cheddar too. Of course. I mean, but also I think you have um, 
it's it's not even the games. It's getting fans into the games. Mm-hmm. But let's be honest. If TD Garden or wherever said, hey, we're opening up the fans, how many people are really going to show up? Like, right. really? Is that it's going to be it's going to I mean, unless they offered free tickets and free food. OK, <laughs> now they could do that. They could do that. If they offered free tickets and free food, chicken wings, yeah, (laughs) how many people would come out and go to the game and risk being potentially infected? Now that you have, let's say they wore a mask, and let's say they said, "Okay, we're only going to let six thousand." Like, you still would have people like, "No, man, I'm not going." Like, even diehard Celtic fans. So, um, I do, I do understand your skepticism, Sharad, but I also think that it's about getting fans into the arena. And I don't think that's going to happen this season. Mm-hmm. I agree with Gary, though. It's definitely twofold. I understand, Sherrod, that we're looking at these players. They are essentially million-dollar assets. So the teams would be like, all right, I'm trying to protect my asset. But we look at the numbers from the COVID-19 cases that affected the Black and Brown community and obviously the historical disparities when it comes to Black communities. And you're like, okay, these are black majority black players and whether we want to admit it or not, they do have influence on our society. So if you do have them set up as a prop essentially and take the vaccine and kind of prove like, okay, we can do this black and brown people, you should consider at least taking the vaccine. It, it Again, I understand the skepticism, but I could see both sides. And I definitely do think it is important that they are, if they're doing it for the right reasons that they continue to use their platform to do so. Yeah, I'll buy that. I'll buy that. But again, I'm looking at them with a side eye as they go about doing it. I'm just Absolutely. letting you know. As you should with any billion dollar corporate corporation, they're always going to be about their money, whether there's some good intent hidden behind it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. True. Now, with COVID being what it is, it's forced Brad Stevens to kind of tweak some things a little bit. Uh, he's got to throw some cats out there. He probably wasn't planning to throw out there as much as he's had to. How do you think he is handled from a rotational standpoint, Gary, dealing with COVID and its impact on just what he does on a day-in, day-out basis? Well, they haven't been able to practice much. That's one thing. But if I were him and I'm thinking he's doing the right thing, I would use it as a a time to just see what guys have, like the Aaron Neesmiths. Um, You know, they need to find out about some of these guys. I think Javante Green, um, he's, you know, he's came back from his – you know, he had some COVID issues. I don't think he had it, but I think he had contact tracing. And he's played well. Like, you have to see what you you have from this bench. That's not – Taco Paul. Yeah. Like, <laughs> hey, we saw Taco hit an almost three-pointer. Yo. <laughs> Who is he? Put it on the ground. Went to the ground. Two-hand dunk. Like, we wouldn't have seen that if guys hadn't have been out. Um, so, I think he has to find out. And this is a good time. Like, let's say no one's running away in the East. Brooklyn's had its issues. Milwaukee has its issues. Philadelphia has its issues. The Celtics are okay for now. They must say they give away games, but they can get to this point where they are seeing what they have because they got to give, like, I always point to, like, an Aaron Neeson. They got to get him out there to see if he can help this team this season. Um, and, you know, because we already know Pritchard is going to help. He's helped. Pritchard is way ahead of the curve. No one expected him to have this much impact. You got to give him props. He's a Pac-12 guy. As I've said, I saw oh, him for four years. I saw him for four years beat up my Cal Bears, and I knew he was a good player. I didn't think he'd be this good. I'm not going to try, oh, yeah, I saw this coming. But yeah. people drafted him. People are like, who? I've never seen him play before. He's just some white kid from Oregon. What? You know, and 
this kid can play. I, I saw that. I saw that. But Neesmith's the guy I think people thought, okay, he can really help them right away. He's a, he's a shooter. And so far, he's not shot the ball well, and he's had trouble on defense um, because he's getting those rookie fouls. So if I'm Brad Stevens, I use this time to see what you have. There's some important games coming up, these Philly games, but I think this is a good time, this January window, to see what you have in some of the guys and see if they can help you. Gary, the Celtics had a less than desirable outcome against the Knicks in that last game, but we did get to see Kemba Walker return for the first time this season. What was your analysis on his performance? I thought he was okay. I mean, he, he was three from 13 from the field, but you, you're focusing on whether he looks nimble and he looks has that quickness to get to the basket. In the bubble, he was a step slow. Teams focused on him. Toronto, that Toronto series really messed with his head. The boxing one, they're like, let's shut, let's cut out the head of the snake. Let's make someone else beat us, kind of thing. And it almost worked. The game, the series went seven games. Um, and I think that that affected him. Now, he had a couple of good games against Miami. He wasn't bad against Miami, but he was obviously not himself physically. So you hope that now he turns back into Charlotte. Kimba, because I think last year he was battling that knee thing too. You hope now he says he's completely pain-free. He got the knee procedure. He took almost three months off. Let's hope if you're the Celtics that they he's ready to go. He can get up, get into the paint, set up his teammates, develop a good chemistry with Trishan Thompson. Let's say off the pick and roll, give Trishan some easy buckets. You know, get into the paint, throw it out to Tatum, throw it out to Brown. Um, th- throw it out to even Tice or Marcus Smart for the occasional three-pointer and just kind of have a positive impact on the offense because they need to score. I don't know. The defense, I'm not sure, is, is up to the par of the last couple of years. Um, they're going to they're gonna have to score points in this league. I mean, you're, pl- you're going to be playing against Brooklyn. Brooklyn going to throw up 125 when I mean, so you're going to have to score points in this league. You're not going to win 110-106. So they're going to need to score. Well, when you talk about scoring, Gary, everyone who listens to the Celtics to, to the Celtics and listen to our podcast, the A-List podcast, will score with BetOnline.ag. Oh, that's the one partnership that that keeps on giving, like no partnership <laughs> gives. Uh, listen, they have been uh, folks around here have been watching from afar, but listen. Uh, we screwed the read So it's like I fed you, basically assisted you with this ad. Do I get Do I get some kind of a? Well, you know what? So Gary, if you use the code CLNS fifty, you'll get fifty percent off as a welcome bonus on your first deposit. Thank so you. So cool. Thank Just you. sign up at betonline.ag. And remember the code, Kwani. Let him know about the code once again. CLNS five zero. You and know, they, what we need to do, in, in addition to this vaccine, uh-huh. we need to get out to the word to some of our friends and partners and people back in our hoods that okay. there is now legalized gambling. You don't have to call you. That's a good you point. Know, this is something, this is a aware, betting awareness now. Like, now I love it. The new day, mm-hmm. not like the 80s and 90s, where, you know, your peoples was um, asking you, when you was covering a game, it's such and such playing. Like, why See, you Gary, why, you got, why you got to talk about those? <laughs> you gotta put why you want to know who's playing? Like, you got to put our people on blast like that, though. For you're real. Such and such playing? Like, you're like, 
Yeah, he just yeah, he's he, okay. Thanks, click. And can um, I, can I just tell you how many times I would get like a, a email from someone? Say, hey, I, I saw that Rip Hamilton had a sore hamstring. Is he playing tonight? Exactly. <laughs> why, why you want to know? Well, I'm just right. saying. I mean, just, can you play like next two minutes? Stuff is legal. You can you can actually legalize bet on games in some states. So yes, I understand. Way well, if, if if you are planning to do that, the place to be is betonline.ag. Uh, all the best games, all the updated information that you are going to need and satisfy all your betting needs. Uh, and remember, don't forget the welcome bonus code CLNS50. And be, again, betonline.ag, your online sports book experts. Mm. What else you got, Kwani? So we were just talking about Brooklyn. Did you guys hear that there is a new player on the Brooklyn Nets? They got a new player? Yeah. James Harden finally got what he wanted, and he was traded from Houston to Brooklyn. Gary, what are your initial thoughts on this trade? Wow. (laughs) I mean, okay. Like, I try not to be the pessimist and and think that everybody else thinks about James Harden. You mean like me? I kind of like (laughs) Like I honestly, I just I kind of like the guy. Like I don't like the the off the court stuff sometimes, and the I don't like how he asked out of Houston. I don't like the like I don't care who you are. I'm James Harden. I'm gonna, I'm gonna get my club on, and I'm a like I think that I think that's hurt his career and it will damage his long term reputation because if you remember in the finals in 2012 when it was the Heat and the um, Thunder, and they, if you people don't remember that, people think all oh, the Heat coasted in five. The, the Thunder won game one, and they basically ran Miami off the floor. And it was like, oh, boy, these boys might have a chance to win this title with Durant, Westbrook, and a young James Harden. All these guys were young. They were fast. And then Miami won the next four games in, in the gentleman's sweep. During those days in Miami, Harden was going out every night. Like he was Every night. He was hitting games after losses. Like – Harden's, you had to question his desire to win because you can go like James. If you win the title, you can spend the next two months in South Beach. Ain't nobody gonna care. You champion, but he was getting it in because people were taking pictures, and you know it was still the cell phone era back then and the Instagram era, the early Instagram era. Um, people were putting photos of him at these clubs. So I don't like some of the things he does off the floor in terms of his nightlife because I think does I do think that affects a team. And if you're a champion and you're the best player in the team, I didn't see Kobe doing none of that stuff. Now Shaq, a little different, but I think these guys, <laughs> the, the real winners, the LeBrons, the great ones, the MJs, they got it in, but then they when they came to get it done on the floor, they got it done on the floor. So I don't like the way he exited Houston. But I think, hey, if the guy wants to win now, if he said 31 and saying the only thing I don't have is a title, I need to get up out of here. And he was right. The Rockets weren't good enough. I mean, let's just be real about it. Yeah. I mean, yeah, he called out his teammates. It ain't right. I get you. for He shouldn't have said that. But I think he looks at his career and says, I'm not getting any younger because we all know unless James gets in remarkable shape, he's not playing until 37, 38. Like he's 31. Like he ain't LeBron. He's. You know, I mean, he we saw him out of shape on the floor like during last week or whatever. Mm-hmm. I mean, you saw that meme of the, the big wrestler. Um, you see that meme, Kwani? I saw all of the memes. They were oh, hilarious. The wrestler, <laughs> Mark Henry, 
and with, and he looks kind of like Harden with the beard, and they were like James has got finally here to Brooklyn, like Jersey Hunt. James has finally got like we all know that James's career, his window is closing. Okay, he's not going to be the elite player unless he really physically takes care of himself at 35, 36. He's got to win now, and this was his best chance to win. I think the Brooklyn Nets got gave up too much though. The Jared Allen bothers me. That whole DeAndre Jordan, Jared, like let's get DeAndre because he he likes KD, and then let's integrate DeAndre because we want him to play because we don't want to be happy because we want to keep KD happy, yeah. and then we're gonna trade away a 22 year old big who can protect the rim and rebound over 32 year old DeAndre, and as we all know, like Father Time is undefeated. DeAndre ain't ain't 2011, 12. 13 DeAndre, where, they, you know, he was just dunking on dudes left and right. And it was a sad thing on a side note um, that as I watched over the two games, they played the, played the Pistons, is Blake Griffin. And Blake, yeah. oh, my God, he can't. Oh, my goodness. Him. Yeah. I mean, last night, literally, they put him on – he was a the, – the Pistons need a critical basket. I know this is off the top. I'm just talking. No, the, but you're good. <laughs> a critical basket. They literally, Miami literally stuck Duncan Robinson on him, and Blake couldn't score on a post on Duncan Robinson. We ain't talking about David Robinson. No, we're talking about Duncan. No, we ain't talking about we ain't talking about former Chicago Bull Eddie Robinson. Oh wow, we're not talking about Michigan. We're not talking about Glenn Big Dog Robinson. Okay, we ain't talking about Glenn Junior. We talking about Duncan, and literally. And then the, the the other side of the floor, he was guarding at a bio, and he was literally just trying to steal the ball from him. Like he had no shot to stop him in the post. So Father Time, that just lets you know Father Time's undefeated. All these guys that we grew up with, not grew up with, we've seen grow up in the league who came in in 2009 and 10. And, and I know Kwani is like, damn. I, I grew up with. I grew up with. <laughs> you grew up with. Kwani, I was in high school then, yeah. Like, and we were all still veteran reporters. We've seen them, and we think we're, they're still young. They think 30 now. They they are not I mean, I remember I covered KD as a rookie, and when I saw he was born in 1988, I was like, oh my God, that is like yeah. ridiculously young. Now KD 32. Like, I'm like, what what the heck? Like, you know, <laughs> I remember just like KD, KD, old KD now, right? Like he's still in his prime, but he's 32 right. years old. Steph, 32. All these dudes gonna be 30. Like, father time. So I get Harden wanting to get out and win. Let's see. And he seems like in the right situation, he can be a team player. Now, I don't know how Kyrie's going to integrate into this, but for the first two games, I've been impressed with Harden. Harden's going to pick his moments because he knows mm -hmm. he's going to want the ball. And then they're feeding Joe Harris, who is going to just have all these open threes because you're not going to be able to double him. You're going to have to double either Harden or Durant. And then Joe's going to get all these open threes. So I like what I see so far. Mm -hmm. I, I like Harden. Like, I don't think as low about him as other people do, but it, it would. What I think it'd be cool to see him win a, a title if he does the right things. Yes. Well, go ahead, Kwani. Yeah. So you mentioned that we've seen the KD and Harden duo, which looks pretty good for the Nets. But we have a new game, and it's called Fill the Fill the Lane. Excuse me. And the first question is, the first game that we will see Katie, Kyrie, and Harden is, you fill the lane. <laughs> I would think it's tomorrow against Cleveland. 
Although I don't think Kyrie reportedly, reportedly, I don't know if Kyrie's played in Cleveland since he left since for he left Boston. It's the first yes. game against his Absolutely. first game with the Celtics. Yep, Gordon got hurt. Yes, yeah, exactly. Was he literally was like, um, yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, I took pride in taking note of every Cleveland game when he was in Boston too. I was like, oh, here's another one. This is convenient. I think Kyrie is going to need some additional conditioning that will keep him off the court until after Cleveland. I, I, I have I a mean, feeling that's going to. I think he'll. I think the pressure is on him to come back. I mean, you saw him today or to, in his press conference on Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean. <sighs> And I think I would talk with you guys about Kyrie before. And, like, I don't dislike Kyrie. I do not dislike Kyrie. I think he's a different dude. I think he does not know. And a lot of people are like this, not a lot, but some, that they don't know what makes them themselves happy. They just, their happiness is so fleeting. One minute mm. it was, I, I, I want to win a championship. Then he said, oh, I wasn't really happy winning. And then he didn't want to be the understudy to LeBron. Then, it was, I need to go, I want to go to Boston. That's where my dad played college ball. I have great memories there. He has great memories there. And we bought it. I want to play for Brad Stevens. He's a great coach. I mean, if you allow him, he would love to return for another yeah. year. But I digress. Who Continue. Kyrie? <laughs> yeah, remember he no. told the fans that? He, oh, if they God, would allow yeah. him. Exactly. So that Good was bamboozled and let us straight. Where's Steven at when you need him? Yeah. <laughs> He, he bet he and then he. I'm not happy in Boston. I don't like that. I, I can't be a leader. This part, this thing, this thing. I want to go home. So all of a sudden, he was this huge fan growing up. I don't remember hearing anything about that. Oh my, you know, Jersey's in my heart, New York. So now, and then he does this, which I understood that one. That was the one I was like, you know what, I could get on board with it. You want to be closer to home, I get it, but at the same yeah, time, it just it, it felt dirty. You have yeah. to hope that makes him happy. Exactly. Like, yeah. Let's, you know, and, and it's like, does he seem happy now? Like, and let's say he has some personal stuff, then it will, you know, it's different now that I'm playing at home. Well, you want to play at home. Some players, as you guys know, don't want to play in their hometown. No. Like, yeah, I, it's actually that's harder bad. as a player. It's been like yeah. that for years. Like, some don't do not trade me to LA. Yeah. No, my mama, my uncle, no. Uh-uh. Everybody gonna be asking for something. Yeah, exactly. I yeah. I'm good. Now there's the Kawhi and the Paul Georges and the guys who want to play in front of their home fans. But you ask a lot of these brothers off the record whether they'd like to get traded to the place mm. they grew up, the answer would be hell no. Uh-uh, keep me here because my family off the chain. So if I'm, you know, but Kyrie, you just hope that he he can get the his mental together, play good basketball, and whatever happens, happens. I know he's gonna he's gonna finish his career with a lot of people misunderstanding him with a lot of probably potential, not enemies, but people who dislike him. And I get that. I don't dislike Kyrie. He's a handful. Like, he's just – he's a total handful. And you hope that that does not take away from the fact that he is a v- extremely skilled player. We saw him close up for two years. And when he's on, I mean, when that three ball is dropping, he's throwing those high floaters off the glass. He's spinning and turning. Like, he is brilliant. But we don't see it enough. He was hurt. He, he, he was hurt most of last year. Now he took a, a, a he took a seven day break. 
Mm-hmm. Um, you know, just a, like a seven game break. Like, hey, like I wish I could do that. Like, you know, let's take them. Like, I'm just come up by. Yeah, I ain't coming in today. You know, I see you when I see you. Though I let you know how I'm doing. Like, and okay, well, let us know. I mean, like, my goodness. But hey, um, that's that's the way of the world. And I just hope that he can find that happiness. That's all. I do want to give him some props, though. I mean, as negative as the press coverage is for him, and, and that's not to say that he hasn't set himself up for that negative attention. He did. It was recently reported that Stephen was it Stephen Jackson said mm-hmm. that Kyrie just bought a house for the family of George Floyd, who we know mm-hmm. was killed mm-hmm. last year. So in, in the midst of the chaos, there is a lot of good that comes out of him. I think he doesn't get enough credit for the good that no. he does even in Jersey in his hometown. So I do want to give him a little light for that because that's that I, I did appreciate it. You know, I got to give the Jersey love because he does, yeah. he does Jersey get so much slack. It's like, Jersey he's doing good. Jersey, Jersey, <laughs> Jersey wow. Jersey. She's but coming at my whole life for no reason. <laughs> Here's the thing about Kyrie though. His heart, I've never questioned. It's always in the right place. Absolutely. It's when you go north of yes. his heart that problems arise. I mean, to your point, Gary, him taking seven games off, to me, it's not a big deal, except you start looking at the receipts and you realize he didn't even get, he didn't reach out to his coach to let him know he was taking that's seven the, off. That's the issue. And you, people are trying to make this pay time off analogy. And it's like, all right, but if you're asking for PTO, you usually let your that. boss know in advance. Like, hey, can I get seven days off? That's the, that's the comparison that people need to clarify. Like, it's okay to take a break. We all need mental health days if that's the case, but you have to tell people. Unfortunately, whether you will like it or not, as a, a million dollar player, you have to let your boss know where you're going before you make these moves. Well, I yeah. agree. I do think that we have had a lot more respect for mental health and regard for mental health than we had in previous years and generations where there is no player of the previous generation that could have done this. Magic. Sure. Jordan, mm-hmm. well, even early LeBron could not have taken seven games off to get their chill on and figure get their mm-hmm. head right. Like, which is unless, unfortunate though when you think unless, about it. Yeah, unless they would have had some kind of medical situation, or right. let's say the team, you know, because a lot of these teams now have you know uh, psychologists to deal with, and you could you know, unless that was the case. And I don't know if that makes them tougher. I just think I'm glad we do take mental health a lot more serious than, you know, when we grew up, Sherrod was, that dude ain't right. He crazy. You have to thug it out. He was left. He crazy. It was no ADHD. It was, boy, you you eating too much sugar. You got the sugars. You you, Why are you running around like that? You you know, like, calm down. Go to sleep. Put a cloth on your head. I mean, it was it was like mental health. It was no, it was none of this ADHD, none of these bipolar. It was like you ain't right, and yeah. you need to go see some go see somebody for that, and mm-hmm. and then get back to me. Like we t- disregarded it, and now we don't. And I think that's amazing that we don't. But you're right, Kyrie has definitely has to, to inform the Nets, and Kyrie's not the only one out here who's affected by that too. I think that there's. 449 other NBA players who were like, yeah, like I didn't like that what went down in the Capitol either. I ain't, you know, it makes you reflect too, but I still went out mm-hmm. there and played ball. And yeah. I'm still trying to earn money and put food on the table. So for you to, I do think it was kind of a selfish act because he had 
15 other teammates who are literally going out there without him trying to win ball games. And so what does right. it say? So you're special now. If he had, you know, I don't know the particular circumstances, so he, I'm sure and he's not going to explain it. So we just don't yeah. accept it. But I do think that there was somewhat selfish because if that was the case, you know, if, if we all wanted to just take a week or two off when things weren't right, you know, we would, but we can't. And a lot of these players can't do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, that's to me was the really the, the, the crux of, of my issues with Kyrie. It was just a very selfish act. Uh, it put whatever issues that you were dealing, not just in front of those surrounding you, but in place of every other issue that could be out there. And, and you're right, Gary. I mean, a lot of players, you know, that I've reached out to, they, they were noticeably affected by what happened, you know, at the Capitol building. Uh, but to your point, Gary, they still went out there, did their job. And I'm not saying Kyrie is bad because he didn't do that. I'm saying he's not, he's selfish because he didn't let folks who, actually have his best interest at heart his teammates his coaches didn't let them know that was happening i mean i, I felt so bad for steve nash when he was asked what's what's the latest yeah. i have yeah. no idea i i, I haven't well, talked to him I, I reached out to him but he didn't get back to me i'm thinking like damn i also let people know that as much as Kyrie's a great player not every great player is meant to be a leader not yeah. every great player is meant to be a leader of of men on the floor now maybe i'm sure Kyrie is leading off the floor in his community efforts and he is setting the, the, the groundwork and becoming a trailblazer in that sense. So I applaud him there, but like, this is, this is, this was supposed to be a leader in Boston. This was supposed to be the guy who was like, no, I'm going to show you how it's, this is done. Jason, I'm going to show you what to do here. Jalen, like this was supposed to be the guy and the Celtics relied on him to be that guy. And he let them down in that sense. Like he was not the leader that the, the the calming influence, the Olympic champion, the NBA champion, the number one overall pick, the guy would come who came was still young, but came with all the credentials on his resume and was supposed to lead these guys into prosperity. I think that was the most dis- dis- disappointing aspect of his time in Boston was that he just let his different personalities and all that stuff he was going on affect how he how he interacted with his teammates. You know, the, the entire conversation with KD at the All-Star game, basically, we, mm-hmm. like, we need to go play together. We need to make this happen. And then he denied it. I mean, things that just went down in Boston. I, I know the Celtics are not unhappy that he left. Well, listen, we spent way too much damn talking about Kyrie Irving. All we right? have. We so, have. Shifting the focus back to the green team, Gary. <laughs> Obviously, I mean, this season has been, as we pointed out, a season like no other. At this point, Gary, what are some like two or three things that if you're like the average Celtics fan, what are some things that you should be paying attention to right now? I want to say Marcus Smart. I think Marcus, um, I want to, I want Marcus, if I'm a Celtic fan, to be a little bit more productive. He's not shooting the ball well. He's doing a good job distributing, but more impactful Marcus Smart. Um, Mm -hmm. I want, if I'm a Celtic fan, this trade exception, like they got to boost the bench. They can't keep running Peyton Pritchard. And I like Peyton, nothing against him. You can't rely on him to be a veteran bench leader. There's going to be a rookie wall he hits, yeah. right? Um, Javante Green, like the, the cart, like you can't rely on guys who are going to hit walls. You need 
a steady veteran ball player. You need another dude on that team. Like, that's what I'm – like, it's up to Danny Ainge. You need another dude on that team to make an impact, right? Because you look at what's going on in Brooklyn. You look at what's going on in Milwaukee. got Drew Holiday. You, I mean, you look at these teams. They're ramping up, mm-hmm. okay? And if you're the Celtic – and even Indiana's a solid club, right? Indiana's mm-hmm. – uh, hopefully they get Levert back from his situation um, quickly and he's ready to go. They're not to be slept on. So the Celtics got to make some moves. They got to make some money moves, man. I mean, they got to they got to make like they got to upgrade their roster and use that trade exemption and like take give Brown and Tatum the message like, hey, this is we're, we're ready. We're, we want to win now because, you know, people are right. Well, you know, they're still young and they can win a few. Like, no, heck no. With five years, you don't know what's going to happen in five years. Five years, it could be LaMelo Ball's league. Right, five years. It's going to be James Wiseman's league. It's going to be you know we looking at the uh, you know Anthony Edwards league. So you can't assume five years. You know that it's going to be yours because Tatum's going to be twenty seven in his prime. You can't assume that, right? You got to win when you got a chance. The calls are hot, and the East is open to me. I mean, now Brooklyn might be the the favorite, but there's no team that I think. Oh man, the Celtics can't beat them. They just oh, not now. I think we'll see what, what happens. Brooklyn def- on on defense. Um, if they add another piece, there you could consider them the favorites. But the time is now in the next year or two for Boston. Well, I mean, when you say that, Gary, I think about about one of your favorite groups from back in the day, Jagged Edge. We ain't getting no younger, so you might as well do it. Use that trade exception. You go <laughs> get you somebody because yeah, you ain't getting no younger. I mean. I think the Celtics, in as much as we remember all these assets they got, starting with the Brooklyn trade eight years ago, they were supposed to turn these assets into big-time players. And I think they drafted Jalen with it. They drafted Jason. Much respect. But there's also James Young. There's also, there's also plenty of guys that got used, that, that you know, Gershon, Ante Zizek. Like, there's also a bunch of guys that got wasted – because the Celtics didn't want to use all these picks, and they in, they pretty much have, um, you know, and, and they've got to do something. And if it's taking a chance, and if it if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. Like I think GMs, I think we're all a lot of these GMs are so afraid. Oh, if I get, it might not work. Well, if it doesn't work, you keep it moving. You've got Brown and Tatum and Walker, right? Like you've got the core there. And you got Marcus Smart signed. You got Trishan Thompson telling Nick, you're like, you got your core. So you're not taking a major chance. Now, trading for Harden and trading Jalen Brown for Harden, that would have been a major risk. But at, you know, you've got to, you've got to let your roster know that you're going to give them what it takes to win ball games. Right now, I, I the Celtics can compete with anybody, but can they beat anybody? Good point. Good point. Okay, my job. Exactly. <laughs> he 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 obviously was was reading the shot clock because uh, you ready? As, as we wrap this up with Gary Washford, Gary, just uh, is there any any content that you want to promote, talk about that you got coming, whether it's with the Globe or or that that little 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 novel you and a uh, Mark J. Spears together? You wrote uh, a book. Yeah, we have a book called The Spencer Haywood Rule. It's on Amazon. It's about the life of Spencer Haywood. Uh, if you don't know who he is, Google his you name. Go read it. <laughs> yeah, and he was the first person to ever leave school early 
and and he went to the Supreme Court to do that. I think we take for granted that with LeBron and Kobe and Durant and all these guys coming straight out of high school or one and dones that that was a that was a right. You no, know, back then players had to be four years after high school. Now you didn't have to go to college for four years. It's like the club. You ain't gotta mm-hmm. you ain't gotta go home, but you gotta get up out of here. You have to wait at least four years. You ain't gotta go to college, but you gotta get you can't go come to the NBA yet until four yeah. years after your high school class graduated. And Spencer fought that rule su- successfully in the Supreme Court and obviously paid the, a heavy price throughout his life for it. Um, and also have a podcast. I'm going to have you guys on as guests eventually on the Washburn Files. And we talk Okay, you fancy. Yeah, this week's edition was with Cedric Maxwell. And if, if you guys know Ced and you guys you know Ced? Cedric, you know it's going to be plenty of laughs. Yes. Um, <laughs> smack talking. And a lot of old stories. Some uh, that might not be entirely true, but you you got to weed out the truth. Yeah, you know about me, especially about me. Some of he he sees uh, his way. So uh, yeah, that's that's what I have working, and just continue Celtics coverage uh, for the globe. All right, you busy, Mister Busy Man Gary Washburn. Hey Gary, listen, thanks a lot for being on the A List podcast. Good stuff, my friend. Good stuff. I appreciate it. And I won't hold the fact that you went. I never hold the fact that you went to Cal against you. Um, I could, but I won't. Greatest oh, school man. in the world. Greatest school in the world. According to you and Marshawn Lynch, huh? Right. Yeah, exactly. Any school with Marshawn Lynch, I'm down for it. So. Mr. Skittle. And Aaron Rodgers, too. Don't forget that. We got a quarterback in, 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 the, in the semifinals here. Yeah, he about to go down to the GOAT, though. You know that. Yeah, uh, we'll you know see. That. Yeah. Tom Brady ain't playing. We'll Tom see. Brady ain't playing. Tom Brady revenge story. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Gary Washburn of the Boston Globe. Thanks a lot for your time, my friend. And we'll catch up with you around the way, my man. Thank you, people. I will talk to you guys soon. All right. All right. Thank you. Well, well, well. Gary Washburn certainly has a lot to say. But always, to always. <laughs> Good stuff. Good stuff from Gary. You know, uh, obviously we talked a lot about the Celtics, talked way more than I thought we would about Kyrie Irving. But yeah, you know, that was too much. He, he's kind of like that black hole that you just find yourself being sucked into without realizing you have gone down that wormhole and it's too damn late by then. I've said for someone who doesn't like the media, we just happen to have storylines about him every week, unfortunately. Yeah. We do. We do. And we also have the support of our good friends at betonline.ag, your home for betting online. Uh, Once again, powering the A-List podcast this week, as they do every week. Uh, Much appreciative of them. And we're also appreciative of our good friend Gary Washburn from the Boston Globe. Lots of good stuff. uh, And, you know, our conversation with him includes some things he's got on Horizon. G-Money's kind of busy. He's busy. I don't know how he has finds all that time in the day. I need to capitalize on my day more. Yeah, we need to find out how does he find time to get all that stuff in. Uh, but again, Gary Washburn, Boston Globe, great job as always. And again, Kwani, what, what what do we what do we what do we end in this thing with, Kwani? Just subscribe to the pod and listen to the. Well, you clearly listened till the end, so that is very impressive. <laughs> That's I very important. That. Right. Make sure you drop a review for us. Follow us on social media. Do the thing. Just some, show some love. That's all we ask for. And sign up for the account and use the promo code CLNS50 for that sign up bonus. And if you're looking for a reason to do so, Kwani's got a birthday in a, in a few weeks, so February give her that early birthday present. <laughs> 
And I got a birthday in about nine months, but that's okay. You can still give him a review and take care of your boy as well. So anyway, Sherrod Brickley. (laughs) (laughs) I can't tell Sherrod talks too much, so I would have to wrap it up real quick. (laughs) (laughs) See y'all next week. Or listen to (laughs) you.